There is an organization that's based in Dallas, but it's really it's a statewide, been around about 20 years or so, that really has a great purpose. It's the Young Women's Preparatory Network, and the whole idea is to inspire and help uh, women get involved in STEM, you know, science and technology and engineering and math. And they always say if you want uh, an organization to be successful, you go out and find a busy person to head it. And for the last decade, it's been Lynn McBee, who's the CEO of Young Women's Preparatory Network, who joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. So I understand the premise, but talk a little bit about the organization. Uh, what's the What was the idea behind putting together the Young Women's Preparatory Network? Well, the idea came about 20 years ago when um, it was a, a, a man and his wife who started it. It was a, a, a philanthropist here locally, and he had, you know, um, he grew up in a household with a mother who had a third grade education, and he watched his mother struggle. And then when he became it was Palm Harbor Homes. And when he actually, you know, made his fortune, he decided that he wanted to do something to change the trajectory of people like his mother. And so um, he worked with DSD back now 22 years ago, I believe, with Mike um, Moses at the time to set up the first public all-girls school in the state of Texas. And when you think about, um, you know, girls schools, you typically think about private schools. So this was the first public all-girls school it's here in Dallas. It's Armoron Hell Young Women's Leadership School, and it's a fantastic school. It's based right there, South Dallas, Cheek and Jowl, next to Fair Park, and that school is number two in the state of Texas, um, and so it's a great school. Um, our girls that go there are first-generation college goers, some first-generation graduate from high school, and so he took that, um, what he was, you know, inspired by his mom and said, I'm going to make this different for girls so that they have the opportunity to reach their fullest potential. And so that's what that's where it all started. You know, there, there are a couple of variables I can think about. But one of the arguments that I've always heard for single sex education is that you're free to, you know, excel if you want to. That women, for example, might feel pressure to not beat out the male counterpart or something or other and consequently don't go into that you you have a biochemistry degree right you that, so I and, and I, my guess is that you were mostly in classes that were that were male yep yep i i exactly i graduated from ut austin in the early 90s and 25 percent of my class were females so that was anybody getting a biochemistry or biology or anything kind of in the i guess you'd call them life sciences and um, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize it at the time it, that it was such a strange thing. I and mean, it's just kind of, you know, you just accept what your environment is and you work through it. But I will tell you, you know, we're all affected by our surroundings. My dad was a mathematician. And so he was always like, you know, you can do whatever you want. And that. And so I was lucky to have that inspiration and that kind of motivation and that just encouragement because you're exactly right. The social norms. Now, it's much less now. Here we are, you know. 30, 30 plus years later, um, you know, much, much more open now for women to go into, you know, STEM fields, but we're still so far underrepresented. And so we're doing everything we can with Young Women's Prep to, to change that and make sure our girls are exposed and have the opportunity to go into these fields that they're very good at and they're very good jobs. You know, well, and, and in fact, uh, General Turner from SCV was on, yeah. been on and off over several years. We were talking about the Bobby Lyle School, the engineering school, and it's evidently approaching 50%. You know, That's awesome. 50-50 and headed that way. So here's the problem. Is it is it the intimidation factor or is it just the fact that these opportunities are just not presented, especially to, to young women and, and young women of color? 
Yeah, I think it's both. I think, you know, there is a lot more exposure and there's a lot more organizations like ours, like others that are making sure that, um, you know, young women and young women of color, especially because those numbers are even worse, um, are have that exposure. We do a lot of um, mentorship programs where we'll put a professional woman in one of these fields, match with the girl, because you've got to be able to see yourself in that and know um, and so I think, you know, as time goes on and more women get in these fields, we'll see more representation like ourselves, and that's going to spur us on. Now, the other thing is they're not easy classes. Our girls are all very smart. And so it's not a matter of that. It's a matter of exposure. And then, you know, just persisting. And um, I think finding that passion early and identifying that and then having a support system around you that says, yes, continue to do this and having someone to talk to about it. Because they're hard careers, but they're they're great jobs, and our girls are really good at it. You know, I, I when I initially heard about this, I really thought it was it was Dallas based. I assume it was you know North Texas or something. Yeah. But it, you got Lubbock, Midland, San Antonio, Austin. How did this grow yeah. like that? Alding. Well, so again, the first school, you know, um, a little over twenty years ago, and the, that persistence with Mr. Posey and Mike Moses, and then we went down to Austin, and you know, here's here's the thing, you know, a good model. And success, people want to replicate that. And we are investors in public education. So we are right there under the tent with public ISD. And so we're very proud that we're that private philanthropy that is letting our schools have the resources and the tools that they need so our girls can really succeed. And so, you know, once you start having success, I mean, people want to replicate. And we are now 10 schools strong. We're going to be um, opening another school in Dallas next year. We'll, we have It's kind of the cat's out of the bag, but it'll be in the Balk Springs area, which is very underserved and very much needs um, this. And then we're working on another school in the El Paso area. So hopefully we'll have even a bigger footprint. And, you know, we get we get a lot of calls and um, you know, we, it has to be a good partnership, and we're really proud to partner with Public ISD in this venture. Is this a national trend? Are there other organizations? You must communicate with them if there are. Yeah, so there's there's the Student Leadership Network that's out in New York, and they've got five girls' schools, and then there's the like International Coalition of Girls' Schools that is just kind of a member organization. So there are girls' schools everywhere, but, again, typically it's going to be private school. And, um, you know, the unique thing about this is it's obviously public, so it's, you know, free for our girls to go. And the other thing that's very interesting is usually these districts, when they have success with a public girls' school, sometimes they'll open a boys' school. We got the Barack Obama Male Leadership Academy here in Houston. They got Mickey Leland. So, you know, it's um, it's about choice for the child yeah. and giving, in our case, these girls the opportunity, as you said earlier, to really thrive in an environment because girls do. And this is just known. There's so many study out on it that girls, when they're in a classroom with boys, they do. If they're smart, they are. They tend to withdraw. They tend to be, you know, quiet. They tend to not, um, you know, raise their hand. All those things that you hear. And so this environment gives our girls the opportunity for them all to be leaders, for them all to answer all the questions, yeah. for them all smart. Right? It's just, it's great. So 20 years. I mean, you've got some. Your know, organization has some history behind it. Do you but track? They- do you track your, your, your graduates? We do. As a matter of fact, this is awesome. And you should have these young women on your show because they'd be far better than, than the interview you're going to get with me. But we've got um, two alumni from some of the first classes at Armour on Hell that are now on our big board of directors. And so um, we have, you know, alumni. We have alumni that are now like first generation 
attorneys that are making six figures that are doing things. And these are, you know, again, girls coming from families that maybe didn't even graduate from high school. And so we've got two really fantastic young women on our board now that were both graduates of Armour Ron Hell and then went on to, um, you know, higher ed and one's an attorney now and one um, does a lot with Dallas County Promise and they're amazing young women. And so, you know, this uh, this investment is, you know, life changing for the girls. But then these girls go back and they invest in their family because that's what women typically do. You know, as they go back, they invest in their family, make their family stronger. And um, we're largely um, Hispanic. And so it's very trajectory changing for these these families. That's a great idea. So it sounds like a wonderful organization. Lynn McBee's awesome. CEO of the Young Women's Preparatory Network. Thanks a lot for the time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks for more Thank of our you. conversation. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.